Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Delighted to say that my special guest today here on Luck on Sunday is a man that certainly informed my love of racing during my childhood, during which he was an eight times champion jockey. He broke records. He set the benchmark not only for talent, but also for drive and determination, particularly associated with his partnership with the groundbreaking Martin Pipe. 1,678 winners through a 15-year career. He is, of course, Peter Scudamore, MBE. Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Only MBE. My partner's got an OBE, which, is a bit, which doesn't go down well in the household. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how, how is the, the, the honours pecking order up in the, the Russell Scudamore well, household? Your done. partner, Lucinda Russell, an OBE. After I keep going on about it until that horse won the Grand National. I was by far the most famous <laughs> racing figure in Scotland, but now I'm completely, I'm not even in the yard. Derek Fox, one for Arthur, Lucinda Russell are all more famous. Than me. It's the subject that most readily comes to your mind. How, how important would you say that day was relative to all the wonderful achievements in your own riding career? How could you rate the satisfaction of being involved with Lucinda's Grand National winner? Well, we will mention the book in a minute. So that's, um, to me, yes, it's, it's probably the greatest achievement because what was riding was such a personal thing and, and that a team thing is probably always more uh, gratifying and uh, you know I was driven when I was riding to a point of not enjoying it particularly I mean I always think the great thing that Fred Winter said to me no matter how many winners you ride it'll never make you happy and it's it's 100% true well that was you know we had marvellous owners a fantastic horse and Luce and I and a a, a small yard uh, battling away would give us gave hope for Scotland gave hope for some of the uh, lesser light trainers I think and people would say that if you and Lucinda think you're a small yard battling away you're actually quite a long way up the pecking order compared to an awful lot of, uh, of oh trainers look yes look I, I'm not around with 10, crying a woe is us um, no, but, it, but it, it, it tells you how difficult the game is unless yeah, you're right I think, at you know, the pinnacle you, Richard and Paddy they're now talking and I'm saying again the, the book it's funny isn't it that's you, I could, you could sit my father down here in the 50s and talk about the same subjects. It's, um, but I do believe that the training, you know, we talk about Martin, you know, when I've been there, the Fort Warren, Martin Pipe, and now you, you're Dickinson, and now you're seeing Gordon and Woolley. I mean, it has, it's gone from the north, it goes to London, it goes to the West Country, Newmarket. The money's come from London that powered Paul to an extent, and now the money is in Ireland, and that's, they've, you know, the, Willie is way ahead of any trainer I've ever seen. Well, it's, you know, he takes on the great, um, he, he sent them down to the Melbourne Cup, he'll take on the great handicaps at Ascot. I mean, he's already, I, I just looked, he's had a winner, I was just sat out there now looking at my racing posts, and he's telling me, you know, he's had 100 winners already. I mean, they, um, what Martin did is fantastic, but the bar's always raised, whether it's as a jockey or as a trainer. Um, and Willie's raised, Willie and Gordon have raised the bar higher than I've ever seen it. So you were in that period of great revolution. And, and this is, I want to really talk about you and, and your life as a, as a jockey and then as an assistant trainer and trainer. Um, you said that you couldn't really enjoy yourself when you were an eight, eight times champion. Do you think that's true of every jockey in that position? I don't know. I do think success breeds success breeds uh, doesn't really necessarily breed happiness I mean I do think the championship again I talk about it I keep mentioning but I, I talk about it in the book that you know it eats you you'd every single you know you, I, I remember you know driving back ridden two winners uh, come up in the top of the garage at Stone the Walt in those days the racing results were on um, radio two or whatever it was yeah. and you turn them Mark Bly's ridden three winners Christ how many is behind you it it, it is um, 
perpetually eating you. Even the great John Frankham, you know, John was the most relaxed man that I ever saw in the way I knew him. He was a laugh and a joke. But I remember him having a fall at Towster and... Um, you know, go and see him how I, and, and he was dazed, and he, he thought, you thought, he said, yeah, I didn't care, don't, don't care, and he's, you know, how many winners have skew ridden today, you know, and he's, he's dazed, you know, so it, it does eat you, so, um, yes, I don't think it necessarily makes you a, a happy person, and, you know, poor old Luce has to put up with it all the time anyway, I mean, yesterday I got a filly called Simone Beat, and, you know, my, my chimpanzees come out of my head, and I'm um, very, very angry about so it. So you're still like that? I don't think you can... <laughs> so it's something, it was something that was ingrained in you. So your temperament drove you to being a brilliant jockey rather than you, you being successful making you of that temperament. Is it temperament? Is it, you know, possibly I'm not a very nice person, you know, underneath this <laughs> false <laughs> image your that warm, I exterior. <laughs> no, I, I do. I think that you know, it's not... It's other people carry it... I mean, AP carried it probably more seriously than I did or as seriously as I did. Richard, you know, he's a great pal of mine, and, and I admire him immensely. But Richard, it, it, Richard Dunwoody. Yeah, Richard Dunwoody. I mean, he calls his book obsessed. It, yeah. He it et and et him. John carried it in a different way. John was, you know, even now, I was, you know, we, we did a show jumping thing the other, you know, at Olympia. That mm-hmm. was Dunwoody myself, Charlie Swan, AP. And John has this ability to be leader. He's the, in, in charge, and he did it through the weighing room. I think, you know, we, we talk about great jockeys who've ridden in. I think... John deserves massive credit for taking the profession forward in, 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 in not in attitude is anything that we had, you know, you know, you talk about pay. Um, I think that John made us realize we had to get something out of it. I mean, before that, and you look in my father's era, um, they rode for fun. You know, Middlecombe's got, you know, you know bottle of Guinness under the, um, mm-hmm table there. It's Moldy says, you know, in, in the book there, Moldy says... Look, this is David Mould. David yeah. Mould. I mean, who's, for those who didn't see him, he, again, he was one of our great heroes. He dressed properly, he was stylish. And he said, but we did it for fun. You know, that, that, and, and I think John was a major turning point of, of changing that. And has done amazing work with the Injured Jockeys Fund since. Uh, this is obviously John Franken with whom you shared a jockey's championship because he drew stumps when you were injured so you could tie at the, at the top. Would you have done the same for him if the boot had been on the other foot? <laughs> no, definitely not. And <laughs> you just kept kicking on. I, I was immature at the time. I remember doing an a, um, interview with Bruff Scott, actually, at Epsom after that, and, you know, it, it was the end of the season, and there's someone who said, you know, which, which is the best jockey, Bruff said, and I stupidly said myself, you know, not appreciating the um, great sporting... Uh, thing that he'd he'd done. I mean, uh, uh, but he did put it in context afterwards and said he, he never thought I'd be champion jockey again. So he, he pulled stumps. <laughs> and of course, you were champion jockey seven more times. When you began your career, did you think that was possible? It's a funny thing. I, I I wanted to ride a hundred winners a season. I mean, yes. And then when a hundred winners a season hmm. was, you know, I, mean, I think Graham Thorner was champion with eighty odd. Yeah. Winners, you know, it, 100 winners was a big, big thing in those days. And I remember Stan riding a thousand winners, and Fred must have ridden 100, or an FB Reese had ridden it before the war. So these, because I was immersed in the history of steeplechasing, it meant a huge amount to me. And I never really thought I'd be champion jockey eight times, but once you are champion jockey, then if you drop, you. The, the drive is not to drop off because if you're not champion jockey, you're not as good as you were before. So, what were your biggest strengths? If somebody said, "What, what, what did Peter Skudamore have that other jockeys didn't have?" 
it's hard for me to judge myself. And it, it's you've funny had to read time it. time now, haven't you? Yes, I look back on it. But in all honesty, I love the thing that Bob Turnell said, you know, he was one of the great trainers and his father, one of the great families of horse racing. He said, look, ten horses go down to start. One's faster than the other. It takes a bloody stupid jockey to stop that horse from winning. And I think if you go out with that attitude, then you become a better jockey. I think you can overcomplicate it. You know, you're galloping around a field and... Keep it simple. So you're uh, minimising error. I did. That was one thing I did used to do: is write ten things, mistakes I made, and you know, try and get down. To, you know, even the last day I was riding, I was still, you know, you know, you try and ride at the last like Frankham did. You know, not sometimes I'd go to the last and ask them up too too high, and they'd jump them slowly, and you get them to get get over quick. So you're always working at it. And again, what does that great rugby coach Jim Telfer says? You know, give me a rugby player. He said, I want a rugby player. Looks himself in the mirror and says, I can get better. I can get better, and I can better. And I think that's what eats you, and that's what. So whereas I think John Frankham uh, had that, he was not frightened to lose. Whereas people like myself, John, John Joe, Richard. We were much more, we were driven, we possibly, you know, I don't like, John says it again in the book, John says I wasn't, you know, I'd have been good at whatever I'd done. I don't agree with that. Um, and, and I get a little bit annoyed when people say, oh, you, 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 know, you, were, you had to work hard at it. I think I was probably had, because I was brought up, I probably had more talent than perhaps I was given credit to it sometimes. But I did give this image of working hard and, um, yeah, I was lucky my dad had done it as well. So um, I knew the pitfalls, I knew... The mistakes he had made, but you know, and I was driven. I wanted to be champion jockey, you know. If Martin Pipe hadn't been born, how different would racing look now? How different would national hunt racing, in particular, look now? Um, I don't know. It's it's funny, isn't it? And I look back, you know, as I say, I mean Dickinson. So, so Dickinson had changed, mm, raised changed the bar. It, yeah. You know, I mean, nobody has. I mean, he he. I never rode for him. I was just. Well, he 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 smashed us. I mean, he didn't just you know. I was with David Nicholson's, and uh, he, he he destroyed us. You know, I remember I used to ride for the Duke, and you say right, <laughs> I used to go, you right, you drop one in, and Dickinson's would, you know, Nottingham in the days of his racing. And I remember going around dropping in. Hey, you've given that too much to do. Oh Christ, you know. <laughs> so next time you go, you chase, you chase Dickinson. Hey, you rode that too handy. So he was blowing our brains. You know, he he was way way ahead. So I don't. I mean, then, so, so go back to the question of Martin. I'm, you, you, you question if he hadn't been there. Yes, I think he put that edge. He de- you know, he put that edge. He put that professionalism. That's why we got on. I remember walking down his, you know, I'd, I'd finished, I'd left the Duke because things weren't, we were, I'd, I'd had a good time there and things came to an end. I'd been offered the job with Fred Winter. I mean, Fred is, you know, I, I don't like, I keep using the word God, but God, Fred is mm-hmm. a God. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to sit in, John had ridden for him. You went to the yard there, and there was Millionaire's Row, Lanzalotti, Killiney, Chris... Bueller, Pendle. I had been, you know. I mean, it was... And again, I use the analogy. That that's the only analogy I can use. It's like walking into the trophy room at Liverpool, and, and you just see the history. And when we went to Fred's, things were done properly. Yeah, John Franken was still riding a, out in a collar and tie. The head lad had a collar and tie. Mm. Um, Fred rode out in breeches and boots. The horse was tacked up for him. He'd come out in the morning. But you walked into his office, and there at the back of the office was a picture of um, him winning. You know, when there was three days at Cheltenham, there was, and the three great ones were the Triumph, the Gold Cup, 
um, the champion hurdle. In those days, the Ryanair, whatever it is, and you know, fantastic race. I don't mean to say the, whatever it is, the Ryanair, and those weren't Group One races oh. in the same. It's, and it, so when Fred told you to do something, you know, mm. he's done it. He's oh. done it better than so. So that was the sort of purest idea of the greatest job in the world. But the Martin Pipe job, which you kind of you, you rode both horses for a while, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and then was the, Fred got horse and yeah. hurt, and Charlie came on, and I couldn't maintain. But so I've then gone to Martin's and. Um, you know, it's with Fred behind me, but Martin said to me one day, look, he said, if you trust me, if we, if we work together, if we trust, and you never tell me a lie, then um, we, we'll get on. And I suddenly clicked, this man's professional. This is, this is you know, Fred's, over, you know, Fred's ill, he's over the top. This is the man that I, actually sees eye to eye with me. And, and, and that's what he did. And look, again, I, sorry, I keep mentioning my book because it is my story, it is the thing. But I remember, you know, thinking he's given up. Perhaps he won't be so successful when when I've gone. But that's why um, he and AP got on so well because I think you know, didn't work, you know Richard went there, but I think Richard was possibly you know, I, I don't know I don't know the the, 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 the mental side. They're both only children. I think there was perhaps um, something selfish in it. You had to conform a little bit to AP, uh, to Martin to understand his drive and understand his sense of humour. AP got it. And, uh, you know, they... But they fought. Fought like cats and dogs. Did You, you didn't fight with Martin, though, did no, you? No, I was... I realised how lucky I was for riding him. I always sometimes I did. I remember riding for him one day at Wink Canton, um, and it was slippery, and I went round the bed steady, and... Uh, I came in, I think it was second, and he came in, you, you're gone, you've got me, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, and luckily the next six won, so I got my job back. <laughs> <laughs> and was he doing that to partly to goad you, do you think? Yeah, definitely, just to, definitely, just, yeah, yeah. Did he have yeah, a That was his way, I, again, you know, you, you, I remember, he'd come into the party, I remember Mark Perrett had ridden one, and I, it was Chester and him winding me up and said, you know, Mark's just put this on front of the line, you can't do that, you can't do that, all you can do is make all, because that drives you to, to do it. So that, yes, he, he you know, I, again, I, I love all sports and the analogy of all sports. And, uh, you know, I love Shankly and, and how he, you know, Emlyn Hughes was a great pal of ours. At, um, and he used to tell me how Shankly used to drive them on. And I, not that Martin, I don't think he ever read about him or anything, but he used that type of a thing. I don't know how the football managers now manage somebody who's got, you know, £800,000 a week. I don't know how you do that. But to me, because I was... You know, I was inferior to Martin in, in that way that he, he used that to drive me on, yeah. Um, 1993 was when he retired. I remember it extremely well. Sweet Duke was the name of the horse that you, I think you retired on. For That's the, definitely, the yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I remember there being a profound sense of shock that morning that you were calling it a day. It may not have, well, doubt, well, doubt it was a shock to you, but it was a shock to the rest of us. I don't think people now remember exactly how famous you were in 1993. It's different then to what it is now in terms of people's public recognition of, of, of racing figures. Yeah, I, it was different. Mm. I mean, we were on BBC, we were on Channel 4, so um, Frankham is a famous figure. I, I, you, you walk through an airport with Frankham and people turn their head mm. and recognise him. People do come up to me and say, hello, John, you're very good on Channel 4. <laughs> still, still, even though there hasn't been Channel 4. Going but uh, yes, of course, you, there is part of you that um, uh, wants fame. But in the end, for, for, for my sense of normality and sense of reality, I think it was quite good to get out. I don't know how AP handles it now. Um, and I know Richard struggled for a while. But I think, you know, you, you know again... 
I say this in, in there somewhere, look, no one's moaning that you have to give up. Just say, very, very lucky to have done it. You know? why, why did you pack it in then? Um, I think pressure of Martin to, a, to an extent, not that um, he, he forced me to, but the pressure of remaining at that level. You know, so talking about that champion jockey thing, perhaps, you know, I look at my dad talking through there and he says, well, look, I was beginning to enjoy it. You know, I knew I was never going to be champion jockey. I, I just, you know, I couldn't, didn't want to slip down. Dad had a bad fall. He smashed his face up, his lungs up. Um, there's that at, at about 34. Mm. There was that in the back of mind. John packed up when he was 34. I could get my pension at 34. Um, you're talking about pay and stuff. Um, you know, we never earned enough money that we could retire and what I knew I had to do something else so I'd got the Daily Mail offered me a job the BBC offered mm-hmm. me a job and and I got a pension so I'd, it was pra- it was a lot of things I regret it in many ways especially when I see um, people going on as you alluded to earlier Tom's the oldest Scudamore to ride you know so that there's being a young man people saying you're genius and clever and riding good horses is, is a fantastic way of making a living but also at that time i had to be sensible luck on sunday proudly sponsored by albasti at cruel dubai Welcome back. You're watching Luck on Sunday. Lee Mottishead and Paddy Brennan rejoin me in the studio alongside my special guest this week, uh, Peter Skew. Well, you're all special guests oh. in truth, but, you know, <laughs> eight times champion jockey. He's a bit more special. Yeah, he's special. You, and he, you were just saying before before we, we remembered the, the fall in there, Peter, you were just saying that you, you rather regretted giving up at, at 34. Is that really a meaningful regret? Is that still an itch you need to scratch? Um, yes, it, it is. I mean, I, I think, you know, especially, you know, you look at these young fit people coming along now you think you you wish you'd as I say look to be young and be paid for something you're doing you know it's very difficult when we're talking about you're talking about pay and stuff you know you are doing you don't have to do it yeah. you know if we'd worked harder at school and paid attention we could be right for the racing post or start there Whoa, presenting yeah. the, <laughs> the, about to go I, to Dubai in the sun instead of going down subtle I, but, I remember Skew's final day in the saddle because I, I remember it was, it was a midweek well. Ascot wasn't mm. it sweet because <laughs> I was watching TV at home that day, and I seem to remember this mark of how, how big he clearly was. That the BBC extended their racing broadcast to incorporate they did. the final race. Knocked off Andy Pandy there and you go, Magic you Roundabout, I expect. Yeah. Get me <laughs> that was pretty the weakest link. So, in, had Anne Robinson been around, it might have happened. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that big. But I remember you, there was a, sh- a shot of you in a. Um, one of the slightly old style cover coats walking down onto the track, and enormous attention on you that day. Media attention on your retire. You were the lead item on, on the news when I woke up in the morning. Today's working. We know, you know. You do. You know. Paddy was talking about responsibility to stick and nothing. You know. You do get the responsibility that you have to yeah. to the media and stuff. That that's fine. But you know, you're also trying to concentrate on, on your riding. So you you mustn't. So so in some ways, those things are all gone. I can't really remember it. You know. I remember bits of it. And I remember the photograph. I I actually remember going to the last moor, which we had talked about later. You know, you must every time we're trying to improve, aren't we? You know, oh, everything. You know, everything. getting that last mm. fence right. Yeah. You know, it's winning things, and you know, and one thousand whatever it was winners thing, and it was about the first time in my life I got the last right. I thought I'm going to keep going. <laughs> uh, um, Paddy, do you do you see this as something you you're just going to do until your body tells you to stop doing it, or do you 
or have you, do you already have a plan for the future? Oh, no, look, you can't plan too far ahead, and, and your body will tell you, you know, there'll become a stage where you just, you've got to accept. The, but it's lovely to see someone like Noel Feely, who oh. is unbelievable. He, he, I watched him yesterday, and I think he's still improving at the age of, I'd say, 32, but he's a lot older than that, <laughs> you know. But, you know, that Peter, like in his day, things were different. Like like I mentioned earlier, Oakley House, Jack Berry House, nutrition. There's so much different now, and, you know, I'll keep going as long as I can, but at the same time, there'll come a day when I'll know that maybe I'm not as good as I was, or you know, my trainer or some owners don't want me. But look, I love it. It's it's a dream, and not it's not a job. Mm-hmm. You know, I love what I do, and I really do enjoy it. Do you take defeats better than you did? Well, yeah, I have to a little bit. And like Peter was always, we were just chatting there. He he was always sort of fighting to be champion jockey, and it's like tough stuff. And like Richard Johnson and. That that's not that can't be easy because you're straight on to the next one. Whereas I, I have a little bit more time to enjoy a winner and look forward to the bigger day. And it, it's a different position to be in. Oh, you look, it never gets easy when you make a mistake. It, it hurts like, and I've made some big mistakes on the biggest stage, and that that never will never be get any easier. But I definitely yeah enjoy it a bit more now. I don't want to torture you, but what what do you believe is the biggest mistake you've made? Oh yeah, cue card in the Gold Cup is the biggest mistake, you know, and that's over two years ago now and mentally that wasn't easy for a bit I'm not going to lie but it's only up to yeah, look, I, don't, I think you're being hard you saw it's easy stood from thick look I remember Richard Pittman they said he got beat on crisp at the run that was the thing that's rubbish half of it is rubbish half. If you, I would rather get beat turn over cut the second last and finish second and it, I don't mean turn over you've got to be put your horse yeah. here. but you, it's not a show jumping competition it's, it's not you know, Smith Eccles used to say, man, no prizes for, for style in this game. You, you, know, you haven't got a split second to... You go for it. I mean, mm. if, if you're 10 clear and you make a mistake, fair enough. I mean, I, but, but I, I won't have that. I, I don't, you know, I don't care. If he jumped it, it you know, the, the line between success and failure is... If you jump the last... If you jump that second last ping thing and the second also didn't get quite to you, well done, Paddy, you were a genius. Eh? You can't You can't have no, but that. You, you know yourself in race, right? You'd always like to do something different, whether it was right or wrong. Oh, shoot, and, like, it, it does play on your mind. And as I said, it's it's only up to, like, two months ago where I'm sitting, literally going all day thinking, I didn't think about that today. Mm. And, you know, I've got to speak on behalf of other people. Mentally, this game is... You know, you talk about mental health. It's, it's tough stuff, and... Um, I'm not afraid to admit it, and as I said, two years on, I'm not thinking about it anymore. And it's nice; yeah. it's, it's a relief, and you move on. There, you know, and like Peter said, look, at the time I thought it was the right decision. I'd like to have another go. You can't; it's a race; it's over. Peter talked a lot about his relationships with various trainers, and he sort of found that niche with Martin Pipe, where they had this sort of nicely professional but sort of slightly needly relationship that kind of spurred them both on. What's been the most productive relationship you've had with a trainer, even if it's one that doesn't exist anymore? What's been the, has there been a period where you've thought, oh, I'm in the groove now, I really have a, a, an understanding with this guy or, or, yeah, or woman? Yeah, like, I, Nigel Tristan Davis used to always make me, <clears throat> make me ride better than I was. I always felt he used to just give me so much confidence. He, um, I never felt any pressure from an owner when I was riding from Nigel. I never knew. I could have seven rides from on a Saturday. Um... I could get beat ahead on three of them. I could have been... I, but on the, on the Monday, it was just gone. You know, he was so mentally... He, I was never aware of an issue. And he used to make me feel like I was so, so good. And I try and carry that on a little bit. But look, it, it never gets any easier. But he, he was the one trainer that made me, used, made me feel like I was the best.
Can you identify with this, Hugh? He was yeah, your, two things. He was all, your all business all partner for all, years all and years, on. Nigel. Yeah, so. All of what I did. It's funny. My father talks about there in Willie Stevenson. He was, I mean, he was a hard man. I, I describe it in my book, The Scudamore Three of Us. By the way, I just, just in case you hadn't <laughs> clocked this as yet. Oh, that's the wrong book. The the, right this, book. Is, this is the right book. Uh, the Scudamore Three of a Kind, which is a, it's a beautiful book. Uh, the late Michael, Peter and Tom Scudamore, Chris Cook, who was a guest on the show last week, and he talked about it there as well. It's from Oxo to Arthur. So Oxo, Michael Scudamore Seniors, Grand National winner to one for Arthur, with whom um, Skew was so... Um, inextricably linked. It's a it's a beautifully done book. Thank and you. But you just go back to the question. Um, Dad says there in there that um, Willie Stevenson was I mean hard in a Nigel way hard, but different. In the mm. eras were different. Um, and he said Willie was the best man. He, he, if they won, you'd hardly know it. They were wasn't all hugging and mm. kissing. He went mm. when he won the Grand National. He bollocked him, you know, because he said he hit the front too soon. And he and Dad said, well, what, you know, why? You know, he said, well, I had a lot of money on that, you know, and that's 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 the days when gambling counted. Um, Nigel Tom goes on about Nigel in there for ages. I mean, he is as good a trainer as there is in the country. He. <laughs> He lives with his heart in his sleeve. Nothing, every horse he's going to run is going to win. Oh, yeah. 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 And he's convincing of it. Yeah. And, 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 and if it gets beat, right. Next you know, one. Next one. You know, next one's going to win. Mm. And, okay, he does a little bit, but it's none of this ring up, see who's running in that race. and who's, No, no, his horse is going to be, <laughs> especially if it's a good horse, he loves that. You know, Imperial, when you were an Imperial commander that everybody's yeah. on about, and something like that. Quarter down. Quarter down. He loved that. Loved that, didn't he? He's going yeah. to beat it. So, look, he will... A great thing with Nigel, it gives you a rollicking, and it is seat of the your pants stuff, and then oh, forgotten about it. As you say, Monday morning, on we go again. Next one's going to win, and it's a great attitude. But that was interesting that you you really enjoyed that little period. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, like it, it, it was. It, you know, he's a far better trainer than Fergal, isn't he? No, no. Well, Fer- <laughs> Fer- 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 Fergal, Fergal learned everything from there, and that's how we and Fergal are still together now. And we're still, you know, try- trying to trying to keep him. Now, Fergal's but, from, but that place is rem- the Gallop is remarkable Gallop. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and like it's a great place. And but but going back to Nigel, like I say, if, if trainers make one mistake, it's maybe jockeys knowing too much, or you know they know knowing too much pressure from an owner which puts pressure on the jockey, which leads to mistakes. A trainer trains the horses, and if that trainer believes in you, you will ride unbelievably better than anybody else. I remember when I... Just to touch on that subject, of course, it's all the same now. Though 50s, 60s, 70s, all the same. I remember when I first went to Red Fred Winter, I was really dead keen. You know, OK, Governor, you know, I'll be in there at 7.30 in the morning and ride out. I don't want you, he said. I don't want you in the yard. <laughs> You'll, you'll know too much. You know, he yeah. doesn't want me to know. He yeah. said, when I was with Brian Price, I never, Brian did, you know, I didn't school them. He said, Brian Price said I was the worst schooling jockey. So I, he said, he wanted me to go out and give everyone a ride, not, I haven't seen it miss the ditch at home. So it, it, it again, it's yeah. different to how you yeah. build them up. And is that, was that similar? Uh, well, yeah, that's, P- Peter's side's a little bit different, but yeah, sometimes, as I say, we know, jockeys sometimes know too much as in a horse might work bad or a horse might school bad. It's stuff you don't need to know, mm. you know. And, and if you're going there and the trainer says, yeah, he's very well, he's schooled brilliant and he worked great the other day, mightn't have done any of them three things, but at least you're going out there and, and, and you're believing that all that's good and you know nothing about what he might have done at home. You obviously have a decent relationship with Fergal because you already sent me a text saying, ask him if his mum combed his hair for him this, uh, this morning. So, <laughs> Yeah, look, Fer- Fergal's been brilliant not just to me but to my family. And oh, look, there, there's been hard days and... You always got to have someone to 
gets you up in the morning and keeps believing in you. And Fergal has been there from from the moment I started at Nigel's till now, and he's an unbelievably talented trainer. And I think he could be very big. And it, oh, he's already getting that way. Yeah. Um, he, is he somebody that you always respect and fear when you? Respect him. I didn't respect him. I remember when he first came to the yard. <laughs> I think, what? He's got no chance. He came from Tim Forster. No, he was he was brilliant head lad. He was, uh, um, and he learnt he, he learnt his trade with Nigel. Uh, understood the gallop. Um, it'd be a little bit more difficult for him when he moves. You have to find you know the same. You have to learn your gallop when you uh, first move. But you know he. I was saying again. Keep on the boat, but in that book, I say, you know, as a jockey, if you're a good jockey, you don't bandage your horse, you don't, you don't know if, you know, with Martin Parr, I didn't know if he's galloping. I went down on a Wednesday and it galloped, so I presume it get, did that every day. But you don't know. But the the jockeys that don't ride so much and the head lads that are there all the time, they probably know more about training than you and I would. We we think we know, but we don't really. Did you never want your name on a license? Oh. I, I probably, yes, I probably did. Um, but, you know, Nigel and I made a business decision to buy the farm together. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I thought I'd take it over, but Nigel did so well and his personality drove it on. I had the job with the Mail and the uh, BBC and then we split the business when I had a job at, um, I went and bought a farm in Herefordshire. Luckily, only through Nigel's help to, to, to buy the farm up in the Cotswolds. And then Dad had a licence and I needed, you know, Dad was a bit down and stuff, so he had the licence and went, then it went wrong. And I've tried to get the licence off Lucinda, but she won't give it me. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastia Cruel Dubai.